welcome to another episode of the Strong Family Project Podcast. I'm Joe, joined again by Mel. Now, today's going to be a special episode for you. We're going to get out the magic time machine and go back to when we were, back in the day when we were young, Mel. Oh, come on. (laughs) And today's topic is going to be 12 things that we think every parent should know about having kids. This pertains to new parents, people considering starting a family, and also longtime parents who just need a couple different mindset shifts. We found something interesting with the Strong Family Project that most people who do listen to the podcast, watch the YouTube videos, follow along on Instagram, are about 80 or 90% of the way there. They have tons of good ideas. And they share many of them with us in the comments or via email, which we appreciate. And so we want to make sure that we're catering to the people who are listening to the podcast. There's going to be something on this list that you can take away from. Our goal is to not teach you 12 new things, but perhaps remind you of some things that you already know. So you can put a little more emphasis on it. That being said, Mel, read us in. Welcome back to the Strong Family Project podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment. Now, special announcement, this is our second recording of this podcast (laughs) because we couldn't hear the first one. The microphones weren't plugged into the back of the camera, and so we did a couple hours of recording and to no audio. Now, fortunately, Mel knows this. I have a very short-term memory. And I just move on to the next thing. So a lot of this stuff that Mel think, oh, he's just saying it again. I don't remember exactly what I said on the first one. So every time we press record, it's going to be unique, including this section of the podcast, which is something new that we've added over the last few episodes, which is a little bit of a different feature before we get into the main topic. So we're providing you more to think about each episode. And I don't remember what our special feature was, but we're switching it every single episode so we can find something that resonates with you. If you enjoy the little extra questions at the beginning, drop us a note. Mel, why don't you do yours first and I'll think about mine. Okay. I can remind you of yours. Mine was, if you had to spend $10,000 in one day, and I understand inflation should be included in this. (laughs) You can't ruin the jokes because you had that error earlier. I know. (laughs) Might as well just tell them the same thing. Okay. If you had $10,000 to spend today, and only today, how would you spend it? So we got the 24-hour rule. This is very similar to the late 70s early 80s movie brewster's millions but you asked me what it was before never heard of it (laughs) yeah so richard pryor has in the movie richard pryor has a relative that passes away that he doesn't know and leaves him a fortune there's a caveat to it the catch is that he can't tell anyone and he has to spend i think it's a million dollars in x number of days or in one day so he gets all those spending habits out of his way he learns that it's not about all the luxury items. And at the end, if he can keep his mouth closed about the caveat and spend all the money, then he can have the rest of it so he can use it more wisely. And so he's got to do it all in a day. And no one knows he's doing it. Everyone thinks he's crazy. He's spending so much money. He's just going through it. Now, this is the poor person version. Brewster's $10,000. <laughs> yes. So here's what I said I would do with the $10,000. I would take it and invest it in this project because I love the feeling of progress. I get a huge value out of being able to reach so many families. And we made an investment in this project. All this is just an investment for us right now. 
in creating an email list, getting some more people listening, creating an email list. We're up over 10,000 subscribers, which is wild to me because I used to run internet marketing for a fitness company. It took us a long time to get to that. No, we never got to it. <laughs> it was close, but we didn't quite get over the 10,000 mark. And now we've done it with the Strong Family Project in under 90 days. And a lot of that has to do with you sharing and you interacting. So I will keep it to this. I would take the money. I would reinvest it to do that again, to duplicate it from 10 to 20,000 people on the email list, parents out there looking to further their family. The reason why is because I get huge value out of it, but also when we release a book down the road and when we do some in-person events and we get those all those thousands of people, the reality is that some people can come to an in-person event. So we need to be able to cast a wide net, be able to help a few families more deeply. And in the long run, it's a, an investment thing, but I would negotiate, because you said 24 hours, I'd negotiate with the marketing firm down, say, hey, we'll pay you fully upfront for this project and get a little savings there. Big, I'm always in, big into the investment mindset because I don't like to buy things, which yours isn't a thing. Go ahead. No, I would like to invest in an experience. So we talk a lot about making memories, doing things out of the ordinary with your family so you can remember it more clearly and that it stands out. So I was thinking to have an experience somewhere in the world that we've never been, somewhere that's adventurous. So for us, we enjoy hiking. We enjoy the outdoors. Hawaii comes to mind when I used to watch Hawaii Five O when they had those like aerial shots. I'm like, I'd like to visit there. So something like that. And I would want like a personal jet and fly our family down there, have a wonderful day of, an ex of many experiences, see the beauty of it, be in the ocean, I just think I'd want to spend it on a really awesome full day experience. So the family joke is that Mel's really bad with numbers. It's not always low. Sometimes it's high. It's just all over My the place. My guesses are always bad. <laughs> so Mel, the travel agent, she slowed down her role from our previous recording, but still wants to get a personal jet for five people. <laughs> Last time was a helicopter trip over <laughs> volcano as well. And a huge experience for under $10,000. That'd be excellent to pull off. I feel like it should buy that. I don't know. Barely get the airline tickets and hotel for that <laughs> for our size family. Oh, all right. Remind me what was mine. Oh, yours was, what have I learned from the kids this week? Continue. Okay. <laughs> so what I had said was, I love charts. So if you've listened to our podcast a little bit, you know that I love charts. I love laminating. I love visuals. And this is really helpful while keeping the kids accountable and ourselves accountable. So what we did this last week, which has been like our second, our first full week of school being off, is we sat down with a family meeting. We created some things that we want to have done every day during the summer. So it's things like reading for 15 minutes, making sure you get your daily commitment done, whatever that might be, reading to your little brother, filling out your journal. And we just started the chart a couple of days ago. And honestly, I thought there would be a lot of pushback. The kids have been incredible. This morning, they were up at 6.15 a.m. When Joe and I are still in bed, I'm like, what's all this noise? And by the time we got up half an hour later, they had checked off like three boxes. So just... I have learned that putting those expectations in place, showing them what we think success will look like for the summer, and then seeing them follow through so quickly was really inspiring. And so along those same lines, I've relearned how effective and valuable the kids can be when they have very clear objectives. As adults, we get to leave things vague. Hey, we want to accomplish this thing. And then the tactics are up to us to dis discover along the way. With kids, it's a little bit different. The more specific you can define success for them with 
the chart or with a list of very accomplishable tasks with time frames. They'll learn the tactics of how to apply them themselves. But like you said, the kids were up 6.15 today. Almost everything done by 8. We did a family workout for an hour that wasn't rushed for the first time in a while because we've been so busy lately. And it was partially because they were just so effective on doing their contribution, their chores, doing their to-dos. Right now, as we're re-recording, Henry's out writing with Everett and they're not just on their devices, they're out there providing a tremendous value to the family. So I think the key component of that is the more clear you can define success, the better the outcomes are. Right, and finding ways for each kid to be involved in those contributions. So for Everett, he's only five, he can't write back to me in his journal, but I wrote to him and Henry took the initiative to sit with him read it and then i left a little like to do so they're out there practicing some letters and like that was going to be my task but i love that they took the initiative to do it all right on to today's topic we're talking about the 12 things we think every parent should know i've done seven mel's also done seven so you might get a couple bonus ones on there because i was worried that we would have some of the same how we did this is separately we came up with our list because we were wondering without influencing each other what similarities there will be so we're gonna go right down the list, provide a little context for each, but these are the critical things we think that adults should either know or be reminded of uh, along the way. Okay, so my first one was to establish values. And we have definitely talked about this probably in almost every single episode about the value, pun intended, of core values in your family. And I think the sooner that families can establish values, the better. So I think a lot of our podcasts are parents. However, some might be couples who are don't have kids yet. And I think it's even, it's amazing to be able to create your core values even before you have kids, to know what your family's about, to get that started early. We see it with our five-year-old. He's the only one of our three kids who has basically lived his whole life with us having the core values. And it makes a big difference. We see the impact. As I was worried slash excited about to see what the similarities are, my number one is also, without cheating, <laughs> set your values first. That's why I put it first. The values provide a filter for how you want to live life and raise your family. It's individual to you and your family. We don't have to tell you what values you, you are to follow. It's up to you. But to my point earlier where I was saying, hey, the more clear the definition of success, the more success you can have, that starts with your family values. It influences everything else on my list. And if you wanna learn more about values, we the very first episode of the podcast is dedicated to how we set our family values, gives ours as an example. And it's all up there free for you. And also at strongfamilyproject.com, we give away how we set the values, our notes on it, it's a little PDF you can download, join that email list I mentioned earlier and get all that content for free. Gotta set your family values. It's, it is the key mover to everything on this list, the key mover to choosing friends, deciding what to do with your time, who to influence you, who not to influence you. You got to know what you stand for. Number three, Mel. Okay. <clears throat> they do really all relate to the values. The next one I'm going to go with is to not compare yourself to other families. So this really, I think the important piece here, first of all, is having the values. And a lot of times it's, one of the times when people will love to pour their opinions on you is when you have a baby or when you're pregnant. People love to come to you and tell you, hey, it's going to be like this or I, you should do this or I did that. And of course, what people say can be valuable, but you have to be able to filter 
what to include in your family life and what to exclude. And values, having your core values really sets you up for making those decisions easier. So I think it's important to realize that you as a family will be unique and it's important to focus on that. And and the other piece of this that was really important to me was to focus on your own instincts. So when you become a parent, I think it is natural to have instincts on how to take care of your family, how to take care of a baby. And oftentimes we reach out to other people for their advice, which is fine. But if you're solely relying on other people's opinions or what a book might say or what a website might say, I think you're losing that really important piece of your own maternal or paternal instincts. So when a new mom or someone who's pregnant has come to me and asked me for my advice, that's usually what I say. I say, just listen to your instincts. Trust your instincts as a new parent. Very good. I'm going to switch up my order here and go with a tactic for you. So the best thing you can do is communicate with your spouse on what you believe success looks like as a parent. That's my theme with the list is my theme earlier when I talked about how clear you have to define success if you want to accomplish it. I suggest writing down independently and separately like Mel and I did our list here. What does success look like for you as a parent? What outcomes do you want to accomplish? And then if you have extra time, what do you believe about parenting currently and where you heard it from? So that includes how you feel about how you should discipline kids. What tone should you use? How do you feel about tech time? Like how all these things that come up is now's the time to let with low heart rates, take some time to journal and do some self-reflection first and do some reflection as a couple on what you believe about these major topics. Then it'll be the time to talk about it and come to consensus. And this should happen whether you have kids or you're thinking about having kids. There's no time too late or too early to define what you want the outcomes to be because you still can influence it if you have kids in your household to, to achieve those types of outcomes. One of the key components of the strong family path is to live intentionally. So you don't just like, oh, I have a baby now. We're just going to go with it. We want to be intentional and purposeful with how we parent. So I'm going to piggyback on you because one of mine was communication with your spouse. All right. Number five, communication with your spouse. So I love the tactic and I think that's super helpful to get on the same page. But to be able to get on the same page, you need to have good communication skills from the start. So I'll tell you a little story about our history. When we were getting married, we did a pre-Cana class where we met with a couple from our church and the priest and talked about some of the things that would be important during to have a healthy marriage. And we had to take this quiz. And one of the hot topics that came up for us was communication. And I was like floored by that. I thought, what do you mean? We communicate great. Like, how could this possibly be an issue? But looking back, I'm super thankful that came up because it just prompted me to always be aware of how important it is to have good communication with your spouse. So Joe and I many years ago decided we were going to walk every day together. It's our time during the day, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, where we can reconnect and talk about parenting stuff, but also just reconnect as a couple. We want to make sure that we are healthy together so when our kids do grow up and leave that we have something left to take care of. We want to invest in our relationship as a couple and that's something real important to think about before you have kids because some people just shift focus completely to the kids and forget that we need to invest in our couple relationship. So it's been really important for us to be on the same page to establish like Joe said what success looks like and it looked very different than I expected it to look for us when we started having kids because we had our first and it 
two months after he was born, Joe started a second job basically outside of the home working at the gym. And that was a real struggle where he was gone all day. And I thought, this isn't what I expected. So that required us to have some deep conversations about working through that and seeing what, what would work for us. So my whole point in saying that is your family situation is unique. Instead of getting wrapped up and upset and holding grudges, communicate and make sure you set expectations that you both understand. Number six, along the line of relationships, there's going to be some irony in this one that I need people to understand that it is for your and your children's best interests if you take this into consideration, and that is you don't exist to serve your children. You don't want to lose yourself in servitude of trying to raise a family because you are a unique and independent person. They are unique and independent people people. Your family unit is another unique and separate entity because it's all of you together. And if you play the self-sacrifice cards to put that burden on a child it is unfair. Now that's a different way of saying then I pour everything into my family there in my life. Well, it's the same outcome. However, you got to pump the brakes a little because it is not your whole life. It is also their whole life and they should have a say. And when you are implementing everything that you believe in, almost making yourself needy to them and their approval and their them being successful in life. You're attaching your value to something that may end up being outside your control in the long run. And so you do pour yourself into your family, but you don't do it in the way that you're doing everything for everyone at the expense of losing yourself. Your spousal relationship, incredibly important. The children are there because of your love for your spouse. You have to keep your own head on your shoulders and they will be better for it because it gives them the confidence and independence to develop their own personalities without you smothering the life out of them. <laughs> my, my next one is very similar because you have to find this balance. So it might be like, I don't have me anymore. I don't have me time anymore. But before you have kids, my thought is you need to realize that you are making a commitment, a long-term commitment, and it is a selfless commitment. So I, the comparison I used before is oftentimes people, when they think about getting a pet, they think, okay, you have to realize you get this pet, you're going to be taking care of it for a decade or two. It's not like you just walk into the pet store one day and say, okay, let's get a dog. And then all of a sudden it's just easy. Like you are committing to taking care of that pet for a long time. And I know pets are not the same as children, of course, but I think there's a similar thought process there where before you have kids, you have to realize this is a selfless task, having kids. You need to make sure you're, you're ready to make that commitment. And sometimes becoming a parent, you kind of recommit to it over time. But just realizing beforehand, because we're looking back in time, like I wish I had known that just the commitment that it really is, that you really do have to put yourself aside in many situations and give your time and effort to the kids. I'll just give a quick little example Yesterday morning, my son Logan wanted to do origami with me, and I had a list of 10 things I needed to do. And I thought to myself, I really need to get this stuff done. But realizing the commitment I have with him, he's home with me now, I want to make sure he feels valued. I took the half an hour to do that with him, and I never regret taking the time, setting my stuff aside to be with them. And it was super fun. He taught me something. We're closer as a mom-son relationship now. And it was just really worthwhile. So my point there was, when you have kids, you are agreeing to a long-term commitment, and it is a selfless commitment. 
Leading into my number eight, Mel scratched the surface of one of my pet peeves, which is when people compare kids and pets. She <laughs> said that. I know they're different. Yes. We've actually had people do that on more than one occasion. And I think that's where the name pet peeve comes from. I don't know if that's true. We can true. assume so. Yeah, I'll put, that, put it on Wikipedia, whatever. <laughs> I'll go edit it. That we'd say something to a friend like, hey, up late with the kid. They were up a little bit last night. And then the person will say, yeah, my cat gets up sometimes and hacks like hairballs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that is, don't do that. <laughs> or yeah, we got to teach the kids X, Y, and Z. They're learning how to ride their bike. Oh, I remember the time I had to teach my dog like how to sit and fetch. Like, oh my goodness. Like <laughs> super pet peeve. And I didn't think it would be until I became a parent. This is interesting. And that leads me to my number eight, which is ignore more people. Not all people, but ignore more people than you are currently. There's no way that any of us, myself included, have been ignoring the appropriate amount of people. And there are people that will provide tremendous value to your life and advice, especially when you first seek it. It's the old seek help and the teacher will reveal himself or herself approach. You'll have people that will provide tremendous value to your life and you'll have people who will tell you something else and it'll get all wishy-washy if you'd listen to everyone about everything you'll become incredibly overwhelmed and stressed mel already talked about you'll have these natural instincts with family and kids and that goes for people who already have kids you'll have these instincts about how to help manage your teenager and you'll have these instincts about how to if they happen to get married how that process will you'll start to feel your way through and discover your own path i personally have never received more advice than when we had a kid at first. And I think a lot of people want to do justify their process of how they had kids, usually from the generation where kids are about out of the house and they want to tell you how to raise kids. And there, it is partially, you know, many of them are in a way to justify their own decisions. Some of them are come from a really good spot. They're sharing help that they wish they had. If it's unsolicited though, you'll know what you need. Ignore most people, ignore norms about, oh, let's talk about how little sleep new parents get. Let's talk about how your eating will be off. Let's small talk about all these things. And really, I hated that. Like people would come over, oh, you're getting good night's sleep. Yeah, I'm fine. You just want to talk about annoying things with kids? Like I want to talk about the good things. So don't come over and try to justify or, oh, you have it easier. I had it this hard. My child was this size. Your child is this size. My child did this at this age. Your child's doing this at this age. Ignore it. <laughs> this, I'll lead into this next one from what you said. Bring humor into as many situations as possible. I think that has helped Joe and I survive so many things. If someone comes over and gives you that advice that just annoyed the heck out of you and you can't quite shrug it off, first of all, it's easier to shrug it off if you have your values set because you know what matters and what doesn't. But we always try to find a way to laugh about it. We try to just, even if it's a situation with a kid where like they threw up all over the place and you have to deal with it and you're angry, if you can find humor in it in the moment, that's awesome. If you can find humor in it later, I think it just lightens the mood. It lightens things. Oftentimes, I'm not as good with the humor as Joe is. So if I'm struggling, I'll go get him. And instead of coming in being all angry, he comes in with a joke or something to break the ice. And it just helps parenting go so much smoother when you have a sense of humor. And I do appreciate your sense of humor, Mel. She's She takes on the old, the epitome of what people think dad jokes are. She's got mom jokes. She tells like the corny jokes, but they end up being funny because they are corny. It's like a very good sense of humor. And I enjoy that. You enjoy my delivery, I think. 
the delivery is <laughs> good, especially when it's not the right joke. Like it's two jokes squished together, and then you really try to sell it with Sometimes a good delivery. I screw it up. Henry and I do jokes back and forth in our journal now, and it's very funny. He had a great one yesterday. It was silence is golden, except when you have children, because then silence is suspicious. Nailed it. I know. That, that is good. suspicious. Thank He's you. been on the other side of that suspiciousness. <laughs> All right. My next one is going to be more in line with things you hear, because I've done a lot of countercultural ones, and I don't want to seem like I'm just against things that happen. Like I'm against certain things that are the norms, and I'm for certain things. There's this old saying that there's no perfect time to have kids. Whoever told us that was pretty right with that one. There's within a reasonable window of time, there's no perfect time to have kids. You can't really plan out every aspect of a family because there's too many unknowns when you have children. You can try to control what you can control. Other than that, you're going to be dealt the hand and you got to play it. And so there's a lot of very valuable people I get to work with on a daily basis. They're extremely valuable to the companies we run. They're going to be more valuable to their families. I have to be able to admit that myself too. I president of companies, run companies, am important to those companies. Those companies could exist without me. However, the family would not exist without me. Family would not exist without you. And so while those things are important, trying to balance out like, hey, what's the right time financially, career-wise, we get all that. Once you get into a reasonable time frame, you're going to be the most important person in your child's life. And then it's time to, to lean into that. That's a really good one. We didn't necessarily plan. We planned when we were going to start having kids. We were married for a couple of years and then we'd come home and I don't know. I just don't think we really knew what to do. And then we're like, maybe it's time to have a kid. And I think having some of these ideas in mind then might've just helped us to get a, a jump start on having a strong family early on. My next one is to be flexible. I have not always been flexible. I like things a certain way. I like things put away a certain way. The kids always come to me asking me where things are because I know where everything is. And But this is a lesson I had to learn. I used to not be very flexible with my kids' schedules or with if they were messy when they were eating, it would drive me crazy. And I had to learn with my first <laughs> to become more flexible. It made my life a lot easier when I just accepted the fact that things are not going to go the way I want them to all the time. Whether it's food or schedule or whatever, things come up. And the more flexible you are willing to be, the easier it will go. Even my example earlier about doing the origami with Logan instead of getting my work done in that half an hour, I had that flexibility and I took advantage of it. So I think oftentimes good things will come when you're flexible and it'll just relax you a bit more. All right, my last one. You're in charge of raising your family. It's a mindset to remember and wash away a lot of the excuses that come with and you'll hear from other parents. Here's what I mean. Yes, you can, you're in charge of your kid's education, but yes, you can use public school, you can use private school, you can use homeschooling, but the result is yours to own as the parent. And so if public school is serving your family great, go with it. You're responsible for it, for it and they, they a good outcome. Maybe I've heard, or I definitely have heard of families that have switched to private school. I know families, including ourselves in 2020, that swapped to homeschooling for that year. And now we're using the public school because it's serving our kids. The reason why we make those choices is because we know we own the result of the education. And by saying, oh, my kids don't have a good school, that's on you to fix. You're the only one that can solve that. That is a tough pill to swallow. It could be something with daycare, like, hey, it'd be great if you'd be home, but we're going to use daycare. 
that's fine. That's a fine decision. If the daycare is serving what you think success is going to be for your family, or you can switch to a different one, or you can find different options. There's no outsourcing the responsibility of your family, the outcomes to somebody else. Oh, society changed them. Oh, they didn't get this. Oh, they didn't have this. Oh, this coach didn't treat them. Oh, they played this sport and it didn't serve them. Like you're responsible for all of it now. So that gives you the ownership to influence it now. It gives you the power to change the outcomes. And so you have tons of tools to use. And we're not judging anyone who uses any of those tools from daycare to public school to homeschool to private school to playing any variety of sports, getting the kids access to teachers, doing whatever they need, taking them to the library, whatever. You can deploy all these tools, but you're responsible for the outcome at the end of the day. And so the quicker and sooner you own that, the quicker and sooner you can influence it and help it. And I love that teaches the kids to figure out what they can control the controllables to get the outcome that you want. My final one, I think this is 14 because we had we did add to, is the mindset of realizing that kids have tremendous value. And I think that might sound obvious, but I mean it in two ways. One, of course your kids are valuable to you. They're your kids. But also they provide tons of value. When we do our family meetings and a discussion topic comes up, we give it back to them. We say, okay, come up with solutions. And off, and I'd say the majority of the time they come up with solutions. Do we tweak it? Sure. Do we give it a try, see if it works out? Sure. But they have such incredible value with what they provide. And even the way they're treating each other, we mentioned earlier with this summer list and how Henry took the initiative to do the journal with Everett, an incredible value he's bringing to Everett. They're building the bond between themselves. And I think I wanted to make sure I included this because I don't think, I think I knew they provided value, but now that we truly have taken on that mindset, we find extra opportunities to extract that value. Very good, Mal. I appreciate you sharing. There is more than 12 then for you. I don't know what we hit for our final number, but we wanted to give you some different perspectives. If you found any of those useful and gave you some time to think, gave you something to chew on, Please reciprocate and leave us a written review or follow on Apple or Spotify or your preferred podcast platform that helps us get the message out. It's a free message. We want to share more with you. The more people we can reach, the more impact we make, the more value that we feel as people. And you are key to that, not just as a listener, but an active participant in the Strong Family Project. You can download the seven steps of the path free at strongfamilyproject.com and everything will be in the show notes for you, including our Instagram if you want to reach out and send us a message and give us an idea of what you'd like us to talk about next. Talk to you on the next episode.